Hi, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Georgina. And you're listening to Artwise. All right. This episode obviously is another guest episode. I'm here with Georgina. Everyone say hi. Just kidding. She can't hear you. But anyway, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us like, you know, your social media handles, where people can find you and just like give like a little description of why you're here and what you're here on Artwise to talk about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you guys. So my name is Georgina Cahill, but a lot of people call me Gigi. I'm also known as Fiji Sisters on the internet. So I'm an animation art director for motion graphics at an in-house advertising agency in Chicago. So I'll probably be talking a lot about motion design and animation industry and internships that I've had and everything like that. So that's a little bit about me. That's so awesome. Like you, you're on the path that I wanted to go on before I was deterred. So that's really cool. That was like one of the main reasons like I saw I saw, you know, a lot of the guests are people that I've met through TikTok. And I, I saw your comment on one of my videos and I was so excited to have you on. I love motion design. I've taken one motion design class and that's what I used to want to do. I still I would like to like learn more about it, but you know, I can't afford to uh, finish college. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but enough about me enough about me. So how did you like begin your your art journey was becoming an artist like something that you've always wanted to do or something that you learned about yourself? Because like I know for each person, it's it's like a very individual experience. So how was like your origin story? Yeah, so initially, I was, I've always been interested in art. My mom is an artist. She was a fashion designer and always encouraged me to be creative growing up. So she always encouraged me to take art classes and just explore different parts of creativity. I was always painting or drawing, sculpting. I just loved doing anything that was creative. It wasn't specifically animation or anything. But then when I got to high school, my school had a really great broadcast journalism and creative filmmaking program, which kind of got me started in storytelling. But a lot of the stories that I wanted to tell, I couldn't get the resources for. I couldn't get actors or sets that I really wanted. So I just started making the characters. I just started animating, doing stop motion animation, which was really fun. I uh, just made them all with my sister and my cousins. It was really fun to do all those. I ended up going to film festivals and I met a lot of great people through that. And it really kind of solidified that I wanted to go into animation when I was going to college. So I pursue, pursued a narrative animation at college at USC. That's yeah, that was awesome. Kind of origin story. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear someone else is into stop motion. Stop motion is probably my favorite form of animation. Like my favorite is the form the right word? Yeah, or, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite yeah. too. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So that's really interesting to hear because you know not a lot of people talk about it because I feel like. Obviously, it's like painstaking and really difficult and a lot more work than like other ways to animate things. But when I was a kid, I took like classes, like free classes at the library for stop motion animation. And I literally like it's one of my core memories. And it's definitely wanted to make me get into animation like from a very early age. So it's really cool to like have that connection. So I, I know you talked a little bit already that you did like go to college for art. So how do you feel like that has prepared you for the career that you have now in the art industry? Like, do you think that you like greatly benefited from it or do you have like an opinion on artists who kind of choose to like focus on portfolio building instead of 
going to school? Like, what's your take on that? So personally, I loved going to school, but you definitely don't need a degree to work in animation or just be an artist. I think for animation in general, it can be helpful if you're looking for connections just because the animation industry is so network heavy and same with the film industry. So I went to USC School of Cinematic Arts. So it was an art school within a larger university. I really wanted a balance between an art school and a more traditional college experience. And USC provided that. So I really loved going there. USC had great classes, professors, and it's right in the heart of LA. So there's great networking opportunities. And I just uh, loved every moment of it. There were so many great stop motion classes I got to take. The program at USC is really good because you get to kind of decide what your focuses are in animation. Like you can focus on motion design or you can focus on stop motion or 2D or 3D. Like they have so many great facilities that you can really delve really deep into. But I would say that if you are more if you don't want to pay for art school or you have a lot of connections already, you definitely don't need to go um, to an art school to pursue animation. It's definitely more portfolio based what your job is going to be. If you are able to build an industry level portfolio on your own, that's amazing. But I would say that it also is, can be helpful to get uh, feedback from your professors who are industry professionals to know where you are standard wise if you are looking for a job in animation. So either way, it can be helpful. But if you have the drive and um, resources to do it on your own, you definitely can. That's cool. So you would you would say that like sp- specifically for like entering like the workforce like out of college, you think like it prepared you pretty well. Like it was. Yeah, um, I would definitely think it prepared me a lot of it. De- they definitely don't hold your hand. Like you have to find a lot of resources on your own, but it definitely helped give me the resources I needed to get there. It, helped enable me because I had no connections before going to USC or anything. I didn't really understand the industry. I didn't understand what the industry standard was for uh, software or portfolio or anything like that. So it definitely was helpful for me personally to get that firsthand knowledge through classes. I'm also just a very structured person. So I liked having that class structure for myself, but it's definitely not for everyone. So you definitely don't need it, but I personally loved it. That's awesome. That's really cool. I know, you know, a lot of people that I know went to art school, like, like actual, like, like, I have friends who went to like, you know, universities, because they wanted like the university experience with like a major in art. And then I also have friends who went to art school. And then there's people like me who kind of like I stopped personally, I stopped at my associate's degree. And I always like sit there and wonder, like, I wonder how much like I'm missing out on but I I was I didn't really have a choice. Like I ran out of money after my associates and I was like, oh, uh, maybe I should just stop here because I had already had, you know, my like my job in the industry that I've had for four years since I turned 18. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was just like, you know, I don't really want to get into like debt or anything. So I just like am always really interested to hear like people who did actually like see it through <laughs> like their take on it. So that's that's like one of the reasons why I included that question, because I feel like, you know, people don't it, it's weird. People don't really talk about like because sometimes you'll hear people say like, oh, you don't really need a degree to go into the arts industry, which is true. But I feel like it can be super helpful to have as well, especially like depending on what industry you're going into and like the connections that you already have. So I think that's like super cool. Yeah, I mean, if the price point of our school is kind of insane. So if like you can't afford it or don't want to pay that, it's definitely not necessary. But I did find it really helpful to go for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like the this because I'm a very structured person too. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's really cool. And 
Awesome. So I do have some questions specifically about like motion design and animation. I know you already talked a little bit about like stop motion animation being like one of the things that kind of drew you to that field. But was there anything else that really like drew you into that kind of like section of the art industry over say like being like a graphic designer or like a fine arts like painter or I don't know, there's a million things. Yeah, for sure. One thing I really loved about animation was that it kind of combines so many different art forms into one. Like you could make more indie films that were based on painting and like, or you could do more stop motion sculpture and everything and all this music and everything else comes together to make this one film. And I love that I was able to pursue so many different aspects of animation or aspects of art in one field of animation. Like I could do so many different things and it wasn't I wasn't like a fine art major where I maybe I'd only be painting or I'd only be sculpting or I'd only be doing one thing. I'm able to do so many different things. But for motion design specifically, I actually wasn't drawn to it at all initially. Um, I kind of avoided it, honestly, in college, but I fell into it because of COVID. So in my senior year of college, I was uh, very set on becoming a storyboard artist in narrative and that was that was it that was all I was going to do that's what I'm training for for the past four years and I was very set in that's what was going to happen but then in February 2020 um well in February 2020 I was pretty much set up and then in March everything kind of fell apart um so there was a hiring freeze at the companies I was talking to and I just tried reaching out to all my network and my I sending out my resume to so many different places but I just was hearing nothing back so my first job actually came in the form of a video editor position in a but it ended up being mostly motion graphics and character animation which I found that I really liked even though this job was mostly broadcast based there was a lot of creativity in just these motion graphics and doing all these different more broadcast style video editing and I really liked it and so now that I work in advertising I don't think I I really like that I have a background in narrative animation because it really has helped me tell stories in these 15 and 6 second spots it's just been a, a crazy ride but it definitely has helped me in learning having a narrative background has really helped me in advertising which has been great. That's super cool. So like, I guess like everything that you learned kind of like came together in like the perfect way then. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It all kind of finally came together. (laughs) Yeah. It was definitely a little bumpy in the beginning there. (laughs) So is there, is there like branches of art that you would like to explore that you haven't had a chance to yet? Or do you feel like you've covered pretty much everything so far? Um, I mean, there's definitely, I've definitely delved into a lot of it, but in terms of my career, I would really like to get into more 3D. I think that's probably where the industry's headed more. Personally, I do mostly 2D and stop motion, and I love it, but I think just for the sake of relatable and job applicable skills, I think getting into more 3D and uh, Cinema 4D, Maya, Blender, just learning more of those programs will be really helpful in the future. Yeah. Have you have you used them before and you just aren't like a master or have, have you just not even really touched that that area of art? I mean, I've, t- I've done a couple classes on it. It just honestly, I just had a really bad teacher and I'm like traumatized now. So whenever I open Maya, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think what it can do is amazing. I'm trying to slowly get myself in. But yeah, it's just uh, it's been a slow process, but I really want to learn it just for my own uh, own career sake. <laughs> Yeah, not to not to scare anyone listening, but like Maya is a beast of a program and I've I've never 
used it and had my computer like not crash. So right. so I totally I totally understand that. I've used I've used Blender before and and Blender's pretty nice. Recently, I don't know. Do you do you use like Procreate for iPad at all? Ever? Um, yeah, I mean, I mostly use it um, more for my own personal work uh, or like um, I keep, take notes on there for my more professional stuff. I do usually use Photoshop or uh, After Effects, um, the Adobe Creative Suite. Yeah. Okay. So I pretty much same boat. There is an application for iPad called Nomad Sculpt that I recently found that I became obsessed with. It's it's super cool. It's it's more like a ZBrush alternative than a Maya oh, cool. alternative, but it it's super cool. I just wanted to bring that up in case like you hadn't heard of it because I just yeah, recently I like not. that sounds amazing I've, though. I've just checked that out. Yeah. <laughs> I saw someone's TikTok about it and I was like, what the heck? It's only like $10. Well, I'll try it. So I bought it that day and I literally like sat there and like was like sculpting like faces and stuff. Oh, it was seriously? so fun. That's so yeah. much fun. I hope you check that out. Yeah, Hopefully I won't cry when I open it. <laughs> Oh no, it's like it's actually like it's very user friendly. I've I found that the iPad like art applications, like even though they're very like limited, like in comparison, like if you would compare um, you know, Procreate to Photoshop, obviously there's a lot more you can do in Photoshop than you can in mm-hmm. Procreate, but it is very user friendly for beginners. It's a lot easier to use, especially if you are new to digital. I found Procreate to be like super awesome because it's almost it's like the closest that I've used personally anyways, because I, I haven't used everything out there, obviously. I'm I'm mostly an Adobe person just because that's what I learned everything on. But Procreate is like the closest digital like app art program thing that I've found to like actually making traditional art. Like there's more of a give to it than, you know, some of the other art programs that have like a million different things you can do, like Photoshop. So yeah, yeah I, I totally that. agree. So yeah, yeah. Procreate is just great for accessibility. Just I love how it's like not super expensive and like everyone can use it. And it's just, yeah, I definitely agree. It has more of a traditional art feel to it, which I love, especially if you get that paper, what is it, a screen protector uh, on it? I yeah, the paper it. screen protector. Anyone who's listening, if you use Procreate on an iPad and you don't have the like, uh, is it called like paper feel screen paper protector? Feel, yeah, I think that's it, yeah. <laughs> Game changer. It really feels like, I, I I didn't, again, I saw a TikTok and I was like, oh, well, you know, it's $10. I have to try it. And I bought the screen protector and it really is a game changer. Like it feels it's like amazing. you're drawing on paper. Yeah, it's super <laughs> cool. Uh, that's awesome. So you talked a little bit about like previously about your internships. I know a lot of your social media, I did creep a little not not in a creepy way but in like a oh this this fun amazing person wants to be on my podcast i have to see what's up and so i was i was looking at your amazing content on instagram and tiktok all very informative and i would recommend everybody go check it out by the way there will be links in the episode description but like wait till the end but like i lost my train of thought anyways oh yeah you talked about your your internships sorry (laughs) Like my brain went blank. You talked a little bit about like the internships that you've done. Can you kind of like tell um, more of like the story? I know you talked a little bit about like COVID and COVID's impact on it, but like in a little bit more detail, just like how you came to get the internships that you did from like the standpoint of like, like how you would explain it to someone who was potentially looking to take like a similar path. Mm hmm. Yeah, first I just appreciate the creeping. I I love uh, <laughs> good, 
good creep on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. Yeah, so I interned at, at DreamWorks and Cartoon Network during uh, college, which was amazing. They're both really great internships. I would highly recommend applying if you're interested in doing narrative animation for TV or movies. So yeah, so for my internships, it really helped me to just be prepared ahead of time. Most most animation internships open up around February, early March, kind of that time period. So before that time, I had my resume, portfolio website, cover letter, and my I had a couple references that I could give if needed, just all ready to go. And I kept track of, of the deadlines, requirements, the length of the internships, and who I'd talk to if uh, anyone reached out. I just kept that all in an Excel sheet uh, just so I could keep track of it. That was super helpful for me. I'm a little OCD about it, but it's just, it does help um, me just to keep everything in one place, all tracked together. Um, and that was just helpful too. Like if I needed to, if I had any deadlines coming up, I was able to submit on time. And I would really recommend just knowing deadlines ahead of time just because they're very competitive internships and knowing that when you should apply is very important because once they're gone, they're usually gone. But yeah, I would really recommend having just everything prepared all ready to go. I would also recommend um, if you have an interview first of all congrats that's amazing but i'd also uh, recommend having interview questions uh, ready to go and taking notes during the interview that can really just show that you're prepared and ready to take on this role so yeah just having a sense of readiness for these internships is always great so i have kind of like a there's not a word for it so i'll have to make one up like a question there probably is a word for it i probably just don't know what it is like a question of like the times so were the internships first of all was this before covid or after this was before COVID. um yeah so i had my first internship during 2018 and then my second internship during 2019. okay were they remote or did you go in person i was lucky enough to go in person because i was in la already for school most of them even now do require you to be in person. Remote has become a lot more accessible from COVID, but still it depends on production from production. A lot of them do still recommend that you are in the area or you are coming in one to two times a week. So it can be helpful to be in the area for these internships. Interesting. I'm really interested to see kind of where the world goes with the work from home stuff. So I, I have a question. The work that you do now is, is it remote or do you, do you go in? So it's a hybrid right now. I do go in about three days a week. For January, we were remote just um, because the cases were going up and everything. But one of the great things about animation is a lot of it is just digital and you don't need to be in person. So COVID has made that aspect of it a lot more accessible and a lot more people around the country and even the world can get more animation jobs, which has been great for the industry. Interesting. Okay. I've been remote since March of 2020, and we have yet to go back full time. So I'm wondering where the rest of the world is kind of, because I have heard like some people say like, oh, we went back to a hybrid, like, you know, a few months ago or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of interested to hear like what's going on in other places, because I, I kind of, and it, like, I don't know what your preference is. Like, do you prefer to have like a hybrid or go in full time or, or do you prefer to work from home? I'm super introverted. So I love working from home personally. I, I'm sorry. I just hate people. I just think they're gross. <laughs> so, like working from home. I love my company and everything. But yeah, if I have the option to work from home, I will. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm the, sa- I'm the same way. It's really hard for me to work in an office. I get really overwhelmed. I, In fact, I have told, you know, my bosses so many times that, you know, I literally hate being in the office because <laughs> if, you, if you're sitting at a desk, right, and you're working, you don't want people coming up to you and being like, 
hey, do you want to go here for lunch? Do you have this file? And half the time you have no clue what they're talking about. Right. They're like, oh, do you do you have this and this done? It's like, I'm not even working on that. Probably ask someone else or my boss because I don't want to talk to you. No, like, <laughs> uh, and I'm the exact same way. I get that. <laughs> no office life. Do you guys have like... <laughs> like parties all the time but pre-covid when i was in in my office five days a week oh my gosh like it was it was somebody's birthday every day and it was crazy and yeah i don't know i don't know about you i work for a company called fanatic fanatics and we're a sports mm-hmm. company and i don't know if they're going to continue to do this once we do um go back into the office eventually but <laughs> pre-covid they had kegs in the office because it's a sports company <laughs> and um i don't feel and just disclaimer i when i was working there pre-covid i i was 18 to 20 when when covid happened so i was not Mm -hmm. legally able to drink but they still had like kegs in the office every time it was someone's birthday someone would bring in cupcakes with like alcoholic (laughs) icing i thought it was kind of crazy i was like y'all really just want us to like party here i could not focus in the office so i i always am interested to ask like other people who work in a kind of similar setting like how do you do it like how do you work in an office because i could not get anything done well i could obviously i did my job like enough to keep my job but like i get a lot more done working from home and i think my anyone that i work with will tell you that so yeah i actually work for i do advertising for an alcohol company so it's definitely like (laughs) I definitely even feel that. I'm pretty much sober. I, like, I don't care if other people drink, but, like, when everyone's drinking around me, it's so hard to focus. <laughs> it's a lot of, a lot of, yeah, very loud. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm the exact same way. People always, like, get so mad. They're like, oh, you're no fun. And I'm like, oh, I'm under 21. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> not, not anymore, but, like, I still don't, I still don't really drink, but it's, it's definitely, like, a very different environment working from home. I feel like I'm, able to focus a lot easier and I feel like if more um, companies that you know employ like artists and and people who are able um, to work from home and if like their employers or not employers employees are happier and able to be more productive working from home I don't see what the big deal is but you know that's just my take and I know eventually I'm gonna have to go back to an office setting but I don't want to. <laughs> and that's my very public opinion. Yeah, that was a little tangent to you. But a lot, a lot. It's something that I feel like isn't really talked about a lot in the art industry because there are so many, there's like a lot of variety. There's like a lot of things like, you know, you have, you have painters, you have interior decorators, you have cake designers, you have like so many, like millions of different like art related careers. And some of them, like I'm a graphic designer, you know, you working in like motion design and, you know, animation and like 2D stuff. Those are things that can be done from home, mm-hmm. you know, especially if they hand you a laptop. If they hand you a laptop, just get a monitor and you can go back and forth. It's like, whatever. Right. Yeah, you're all set. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just think that that's interesting. So are how active are you in like the animation section? of? I'm not at all. I, I honestly don't know how to use Twitter. I Really? I, I'm very bad at Twitter. I think just because it's mostly words and I am not the most eloquent person. I, I really prefer Instagram or TikTok, just things that are visual. Yeah, I just I also just can't read the way it's all set up. It's like the Reddit thing. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, personally, I'm not very active in that social media area. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. I didn't really start using Twitter until this year. And now um, 
probably don't do this because I don't know how accurate it is, but I use Twitter for news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably right. not probably not the best place to get news from. But I'm often like find myself on like animation Twitter with all of these mm-hmm. animators. And this is I guess mostly like animators for, you know, feature films, Netflix shows. I don't know. I'm not calling out Netflix specifically because I, I'm not super aware. I was just curious if you mm-hmm. knew. I see people on Twitter talking a lot about the animation industry and how animators are so like overworked and underpaid specifically for Mm -hmm. you know feature films um you know shows series Mm -hmm. things like that and i was curious if like you had heard anything about that or really like could speak speak to that because i've i just i want to know more about it truthfully (laughs) yeah i mean um i'm i'm not the biggest expert on it but one of the things that animation does really well compared to like game industries and stuff like that is that they do have a union for if you're part of a unionized studio, your your pay and um, hours are regulated. But there are a lot of people who might be working at home and they may not stop even though they need to. Or it's a very complicated issue. I definitely would want to uh, like learn more about it a little bit more before I speak about it, and make a statement. <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely a lot of overworking in the animation industry it's very easy to get overworked especially if you're new in the industry and you want to prove yourself a lot of people just work hours and hours and hours just to get their work to the level that they want it and they will burn out it can be a very unhealthy environment it's definitely important to set boundaries especially if you're an artist it's easy to connect yourself completely to your work and you really need to separate yourself because you're not your work your work is just one aspect of your life and i think that's important to remember yeah, I completely agree. I, I think that, you know, I again, like the reason I asked is because I myself don't know a lot uh, about it. And I would like to kind of spread awareness if that is like a, a serious issue. But to like add on to what you were saying, I think like not even just animation, but like in the art industry in general, I know that that is like kind of a big problem because I and I personally, um, I think that like a big factor contributing to like the reason why artists feel the need to kind of overwork themselves and perfect all their work is because of this like stigma behind being an artist and you know people you know even like people's parents like you know I know you said that like you have a parent who's an artist uh, my dad's an artist as well so um luckily like I was able to like get get support for me like going into the art industry but not everyone has that support and sometimes you get parents who are saying like oh I wanted you to be like successful and it's like artists are successful though like you know and they're like no I I meant like a doctor or a lawyer or something that's like outwardly like like you're helping helping people but I I feel like you know a lot of people feel like oh I, I have to prove myself so I work myself to death and that's no fun. You're going to burn yourself out and you're going to end up hating what you do. So yeah, there's a, I can definitely understand that. I mean, personally, um, I was really lucky. I had a mom who was very supportive. My dad doesn't understand art, but he was still supportive. <laughs> but yeah, like I know a lot of my friends, families were not supportive of their decision to go into art, but art can be a very lucrative and um, stable career path, especially things like animation or graphic design that are needed in so many different industries. So it's, uh, I think as, as long as you have a plan, it's can be really great career path, but it can be really hard when you have people around you saying no, basically all the time. And I think it's important to say yes to yourself to get yourself into a lifestyle that you really want and a life that you are happy with for yourself. 
Yeah, that's that's part of the reason I made this podcast too is I because I know a lot of people even I don't know how like your high school like pre-college experience was with art but I had a really great arts program at my high school I was president of art honor society for two years and I was like very much involved in the art scene like very early on and I know like I had a lot of friends who were in you know art honor society and all of these like clubs and like APR and all that stuff with me and they would just be like ugh, I don't want to like you know, take my, you know, CNA test or whatever, but my mom wants me to like go into nursing mm-hmm. and I I have to, and it just makes me like so sad. And I want like, you know, people who felt like they didn't have someone telling them like, no, you can literally do whatever you want. Like it's your life. Like <laughs> I feel like they need like a podcast or something to listen to where people are like, Hey, look, look at all these successful people on this podcast that are all doing art. That's amazing. That's what I want. That's like my dream. That's my goal. Well, one of my goals. I have a lot of goals for this podcast, community building, many things, but that's one of them. So I'm glad that we touched on that because I feel like that's super important. So uh, one question that I have, another question, I keep asking Mm -hmm. questions. This is an interview. That's how this works. But what, what advice would you give to like a young artist, maybe like a younger version of yourself who Mm -hmm. is kind of wanting to follow a similar path as you in terms of like, you know, starting out with internships and then gaining experience in the art industry and kind of like paving a similar path as as you is there any like specific words of advice that you would give younger you or potential new young person yeah definitely I mean one thing that I probably tell myself is just apply to everything even if you don't think you're qualified or it may not be exactly the internship you're looking for COVID's really taught me that nothing can go to go to plan like ever like my life <laughs> is just gonna be totally different now but you should even if it seems like you don't reach all the qualifications on um, on a job description or something, like you should just apply if it interests you. Because the worst that they can say is no. So, I mean, there's no like harm in going for something that you want. Like even if it doesn't seem exactly like what you are fit for, like you should definitely go for it if it interests you. Because no one's like nothing bad can happen if you just apply. Yeah, that's a really good one. Every job that I've ever had, well, you know, except for like my, you know, crap retail job from high school, (laughs) every art related job I ever had, I was not qualified for, but I was like, well, can't hurt to apply. And like, that's, that's how you get jobs. Because I feel like, especially now recently, I don't know if you've seen, um, there's a lot of people on TikTok talking about it and just social media in general, but there are so many jobs, especially since COVID, that require like crazy, crazy requirements and qualifications for like entry level jobs mm-hmm. and like entry level pay too. And it's it's just really like, it's stupid because I feel like it's it discourages people being like oh well i don't have like a phd in graphic design because like who does but like that's like a qualification for like some entry-level jobs and it makes no sense and it it, like deters people who probably actually like more fit like the you know entry level like just graduated college like entry-level pay entry-level type jobs it's deterring them from applying and then the people who are qualified are like that pay is like ridiculously low and the jobs don't end up even getting filled. And it's crazy too, because I don't know if we, we probably still are in like a, t- a time of like really high unemployment rates. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's that's 
probably partially why, because a lot of people see these crazy qualifications and they're like, oh, I just won't apply. So that's really good advice because I've never been, I've never met every single qualification for any job that I've ever had, except for cost plus world market cashier. That's the only one that I met all of them. <laughs> so yeah, especially for women or people of color, like the, those rates of like applying are even lower. So if you are someone who is a woman or someone who's of a different race or ethnicity, I would highly recommend applying. It's it's always worth it to apply, I think, personally. Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. Did you did you have any other advice? Or is that the like main big I mean, I that's probably the main thing, but I would also just say just also just trust the process. Like things are going are so crazy right now sometimes the plan that you had is just not going to work out and that's okay as long as you're working hard and always have a goal in mind you are going to get to where you want to be it may not be the exact path that you thought that you'd be on but you're going to get to a place where you should be and where you're meant to be in art I think as long as you're a hard worker you'll get there yeah I I completely agree I think that um Things just kind of happen the way that they're meant to happen sometimes. I used to be like, and I think the, like, based on like how you've been speaking about yourself, you're probably the same way, like very structured, probably had like a five-year plan Mm -hmm. because that was me. I had like my little, I had my little like five-year plan, like, okay, I'm going to go to, I'm wearing the sweatshirt right now. I'm going to go to Ringling and then I'm going to, I'm going to get a job in game art and I'm going to. You know, I like I had like my little plan <laughs> completely destroyed, like right. <laughs> instantaneously, like literally end up going to community college and getting my AA being like, why am I doing this? So that's really good advice, too, is like things like will still work out, especially if it's something that you really want. And like sometimes like things that you really want aren't even what you really want and then you don't even know what you really want until you have it and you were like why didn't I think of this and it's just the world is crazy the way yeah. like the universe works interesting <laughs> like what you just said about like you may not know what you want like with motion design I really did not want to be in motion design I was like this boring <laughs> this is like really lame and now I love it because I get to do so many things like storyboarding and directing and making commercials all day is so much fun. I just didn't know that I wanted to do that until I, until COVID basically, I just never would have known. So we're like opposites. Cause that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, do- I still would like to learn though. Like I'm, I'm always down to learn new things. It's just life has thrown me like a couple curveballs, but it's not like, I'm not mad about it. Like it just wasn't, you know, and that that's, that's the thing. And on a similar note, a very similar question, what do you think is the most important or like helpful advice that you received as a young artist, like whether it be like in college or high school from like a mentor? Probably, I learned this kind of from my mom, but just to have a tough skin, just being able to just separate yourself from your work during your critique is so important, especially in animation or motion design. Your work is going to get critiqued all day, every day. Things are going to get thrown out. People are super nice, but at the end of the day, they are trying to make the best product possible. And your work, if it's not exactly right, it's just going to get tossed out. And that's okay. Like, you just have to realize that it's not a not a statement on you or your art skills. It's just to make the end product better. And being able to separate yourself from your work is super important just so you don't take it personally and realize that critiques are just part of the process. And it's going the product that you make with your team is going to be better for that. So just it's important to remember it's not an attack on you, not your art. It's just to make the product better. And I think that was probably the best thing that I learned as, um, going into the art field. 
<laughs> yeah, I feel like I, I completely agree. I feel like once you start working in the industry, it feels completely different. But mm -hmm. when you are in like, whether it be like a high school, like AP art class, or even like in college, when you have those critiques sometimes, because it's like, I don't know why for me personally, it felt different because like in high school, you kind of have more leniency on like what you create, you get like an assignment, but it's not as specific as like what you know, a big company is going to need from you when you're working in the industry. So I, I don't know, I, I, I never really struggled with receiving critique, but there was definitely times where people would give me critique and I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> but like, yeah, I definitely feel like as I don't know if it's maybe like a getting used to it thing, but when I get mm -hmm. like feedback on my work, I, I, it doesn't even cross my mind. I just like, okay, fix it. I'm a robot. <laughs> I make yeah. art. Like it doesn't even like, they're trying to hurt my, nope, just fix it, resubmit it, <laughs> make sure it gets approved this time. Like that's that's how uh, work is for me anyway. It's like, I yeah, don't totally even agree. Yeah, definitely agree. <laughs> but in high school, when it was like someone talking about my self portrait, it was like, oh, they just don't like that feature of my face. That's why they want me to change it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's completely different, but that's like, that's a really interesting, um, and like, and really important too, because a lot of younger artists, they feel like struggle with critiques. Like I definitely had classes with some people who like always cried every time. Mm -hmm. And it's like, don't take it personal. Like it's not about you. It's like about how to get better potentially. So that's, that's some good advice. Any anything else from maybe like a like a mentor or something that was super helpful? I mean, this is just specifically for animation. During my senior year, I had a really great mentor who worked on my thesis with me. But it was just to pursue the, like to pursue as many networking opportunities as possible. This is mostly for animation, just because it is network based. Um, again, with any industry, you should always have a good network. But because animation is so connected and so small, it's really important to reach out on LinkedIn to people or reach out to other artists or just make friends with people in your classes. If you're in art school, that is going to take you so far. It's just really important to have a really strong set of people who are going to lift you up and encourage you and help you with your goals. Because eventually the people that you're in class with right now are going to be the people that get you jobs later. So I would really recommend just knowing as many people as possible and just being nice. Just be nice to everyone because they will pop up later. So just be a nice person. That's probably um, one of my top tips. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. It probably in season one and previous to this episode in season two as well. Other artists are not your competition, even in competitive fields. Like don't treat other artists as competition because art is not... Like, yeah, like it can be competitive if you're like trying to get a job or something, but it's not, it's not really like that. You know, if you are super nice to everyone and you're a friend to everyone, everyone's strengths and weaknesses and skill sets are completely different in the art industry, even like two people that have the same job. So just like being nice and like networking and like meeting different people, you never know who's going to have an opportunity for you because someone could offer them a job that they either don't want, don't have the skill set to do, and they could think in your head of you. And that's like, a lot of the time how people in the industry get jobs. It's like how I got my job that I have. And, you know, I think it's it's really important too. That's one of the goals that I had with making this podcast as well. We're hitting like every pillar in this episode is, <laughs> you know, networking, community building, you know, artists aren't, they're not competition. 
don't treat other artists like they're your competition. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're your friends. And we're all a community and we're all trying to help each other and like raise each other up. It's not, it's not sports. I'm not trying to tackle you to the ground and like steal the ball, you know, like it's, right. it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, just um, there's so, like my first job was also through, it wasn't specifically through a connection, but one of the things that we talked about in an interview was we both went to USC and we were able to connect through that. So that was a great just connection that we had together, just being able to connect with people and having any type of network like that is just going to help you eventually in your career. So it's definitely important to be nice and make connections and just be friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super important. Networking is like, I, I would put that at the top mm -hmm. and it's yeah. hard. I know. Cause artists are, you know, tend to be pretty introverted because art is such a personal thing. We tend to like be in our heads a lot. So I know for a lot of artists hearing this, they're going to be like, oh my God, that's the worst thing you could have said. It's true. Get used to it. Yeah. You'll, you'll get used to it. I mean, it, it gets easier, but I mean, like, you know, if you, if you are like socially nervous or introverted, like I'm definitely a very introverted yes. person, yeah. um, you know, you, you get used to it, but you still, you have to keep pushing yourself because it's, it is super important. And, you know, not only does it help you, it helps the people that you're networking with too. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a really, really good, like, word of advice for, for artists is just get, get used to it. <laughs> gotta yeah. talk to people, gotta meet people. If, if you don't, it's gonna be 10 times harder for you to mm -hmm. meet your goals if you don't know anyone in the industry and haven't yeah. made friends. Even if like you, I'm personally the worst at talking to people, but just you have to fake it. You have to pretend to be that extroverted, fun, outgoing person. You just have to pretend and fake it until you make it. It's just going to help you so much later. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, fake it till you make it. It sucks like, and you know, I, I'm kind of guilty of like being super introverted, especially, you know, at, at work, because the, the industry that I work in, the sports industry, I never really pictured myself ever being in. And I'm definitely very guilty of, you know, not talking to anyone. Oh, you guys are going to lunch. I'm going <laughs> to stay here and eat my my microwavable soup instead, <laughs> you know, like that's that's I'm guilty. I like we're all guilty of it. But like sometimes it is it's good to like push yourself to be friendly and network with people because you never you never know what opportunities you know they're gonna have for you it's just super important so in the in the same kind of like this is the same question but i've now flipped it so we took the first question we flipped it and now we're flipping it again like on its side so i'm wondering if there are any kind of like missteps that you feel like you've taken on your art journey that you would urge other artists to try and avoid let's i mean there's so many mistakes i made um but uh, i guess for me personally i think it would just be to i guess along the lines of being introverted like just not going to every opportunity possible like staying inside but also just taking opportunities away for myself like i sometimes would not apply for a job just because I was a little nervous I didn't meet all the qualifications or I would not go out with a couple of my friends just because I wasn't sure if I'd be friendly enough for all of them or I wouldn't like fit in or something just I mean not everything has to lead to a job or anything but just taking stuff away from yourself just because you feel nervous or like people are staring at you or something weird like everyone's weird in animation just or, or art in general like just embrace being weird it's okay like it's cool to be weird I think for a long time I was afraid of appearing weird or appearing 
just not normal and there is no normal. I think that's probably uh, what I would recommend to people. Just avoid be trying to be normal because there is no such thing. Like just embrace being yourself. Just go, go at like whatever you want with full force. Don't feel like people are staring at you because they're not, no one cares. Like just do what you want and do anything that you want is just what I would recommend because it doesn't matter if people think you're weird because weird people are the best. So I would recommend being weird. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good good piece of advice too. I know, so uh, season two, I don't have a co-host. It's been mentioned. It's very clear she's not here. But my co-host for season one, Diane, who I hope to uh, snag for a guest episode for season two, <laughs> at least. I, th- I hope she can make like an hour of her time for me. That's that's all, because I know she is very busy. But my co-host Diane and I actually met through, you know, art-related things. So my the summer after my junior year of high school, I won this scholarship to, this is where I got the sweatshirt, Ringling College <laughs> of Art and Design. I won like a little scholarship to their pre-college program. So we were still in high school. And I remember I had this friend. So they released this scholarship for the county that I lived in. They give it to one person every year. And the person who won it the year before was uh, my friend CJ. And they were telling me, you know, for the first three weeks, it was a four-week program. For the first th- uh, three weeks, they did not talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me, they were like, Kate, I regret it so much because the last week I made all these friends and I had to say goodbye. And I was like, and I was like, okay, not doing that. And so I go and I meet my, my bestie, my future podcast co-host Diane. She's literally the greatest. I meet so many friends who I still talk to on a daily basis at a four week program. Like these, these people, these artists, like they're all amazing and they're all super nice and like yeah we're all kind of weird but like that's part of it that's part of being in the art industry like you don't have to worry about that and like if you just like take your separate yourself from your anxiety for a second you'll realize like oh i made it up (laughs) like it's it's literally not a big deal i'm like i'm gonna have lifelong friends now because i didn't you know get in my own way and you know i'm just yeah that's really good advice. <laughs> I can personally relate like completely because that pre-college program core memory, <laughs> another core memory from, you know, my my art life. But yeah. <laughs> is there is there anything else that you wanted to like add or maybe talk about that we didn't get to yet? I mean, just in general, just uh, if you're going into animation, I would highly recommend uh, looking into internships and just getting as much experience as you can before going to the work field. I think for me, that was probably the most helpful thing I did because I didn't really understand the animation industry before before I started doing these internships. School is great, but it doesn't actually teach you what you need to know until you're working in it. Working in school are just totally different things. School taught me so much, but it taught me enough to get me to the internship level but I wasn't ready to work until I had those internships if that makes sense so I'd really recommend getting as much experience as possible uh, before you go into in the work field so yeah definitely recommend internships or work experience just anything that you can get hands-on experience is fantastic yeah experience is like really good like anything you can put on a resume experience publications anything 
that's like super, super great. I feel like I, I know too, like a lot of people who straight out of college thought they could just jump right into a job, but like, yeah, in, uh, internships are super awesome. Entry level jobs that are super basic. Mm-hmm great just like anything that gets you more experience that's like a really really good take too that's awesome all right we're coming up on an hour we're pretty close Uh, did you want to go ahead and like plug your stuff tell everybody your social media how they can find you how they can work with you any cool projects you're working on literally anything so yeah so if you want to find me my social media on instagram and tiktok is fiji sisters i talk a lot about animation or the animation industry make fun of maya a lot on there so that's always fun (laughs) um i launch my patrons so if you'd like to support me or anything you can um, come find me there. But yeah, if, um, anywhere on the internet, Fiji Sisters is who I am. So if you want to learn more about my internships at DreamWorks and Cartoon Network or uh, just about the animation industry, uh, come find me. I'd love to talk to you guys. <laughs> yes, yes. Your social media is super informative. Like I, that's that's really the only thing that I've looked at because, you know, that was there <laughs> when I when, you know, when we were talking about having you come on the podcast and all that. But like, seriously, super like super informative content, a lot of more information about the art industry. I know, obviously, if you weren't interested in learning about the art industry, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So like, I highly recommend you, you know, check check Georgina out and give her all your support because that'd be super awesome. And all everything, everything that she mentioned, I'm going to make like a little list and it'll all be below in the episode description along with the transcript for this episode. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Before we go, I do want to say, uh, you know, five stars on Apple podcast, check us out on Instagram at artwise podcast. <laughs> and I will see everyone next Tuesday. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I had a really great time. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Like, I super appreciate it. Like, seriously, it's going to help so many young artists. I'm super excited. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye.